0: What uh? What music do you absolutely not listen to? Band? So, you can give me a band, artist, or genre. Doesn't matter. That I don't. I don't. Like, it's know. absolutely a no go. It's not gonna happen.
1: No go. Not gonna happen.
0: Even if you're not in control, of the ox. You, you you're gonna cut it off. Say so not not while I'm in the car.
1: Um, yeah. unfortunately, probably probably like jazz music. I can't. I've got to have like lyrics. I've got to be able to to follow something. There. Not a Count Macy fan. Yeah. <laughs> <You know. laughs> I'm not a huge country music fan, but I do have my songs, you know, like I'm I'm not completely out. I used to be, it used to be country, but I've grown, I've grown as a music fan and I've come, I've come around to country music. So,
0: so you're saying you, uh, you're cool with like Florida,
1: Georgia line. Yeah, I mean, a little bit here and there. You know, I'm I'm not a fan by any stretch, but I will say that there was, you know, when they had the song with Nelly that came out, and I was a teenager. You know, it's my impressionable years. I hear you. Not a proud moment for me.
2: All right. Listen, they were at Country Stampede the last year that it was here. I was there, and they rocked the house. I disagree. They were. (laughs) I just they came on after um what's the guy's name. Kane Brown. Kane Brown. And I watched Kane Brown stand in the same spot for his whole set. Not even move. I, I thought did, he was dead. I did think Kane Brown was worse than Florida Georgia Line. That was Lions. horrible. I was like, do something, dude. I thought he was going to lay down. And then Florida Georgia Line came out. And, yeah, they stink and they're, they're not good. But they were getting into it and they were getting the crowd into it. And they're like, come on! And I was like... Hey! They were. I,
0: I will. I will give you that.
2: They were into it. man. They had more
0: charisma. They wanted
2: they tried to, be to get there. people
3: fired up. They wanted him to stand and have a
2: good time. Dude, and, Kane Brown was like, I thought he was going to turn around, and not even look at the crowd. It was weird.
3: You're saying you're saying that George Strait had more activity than Kane Brown did when we saw George in Kansas City. You know what? You know, all George
0: George Strait does is like, okay, just there's three came. microphones. He'll middle for one song, walk mm-hmm. over to
3: the next one, maybe mm-hmm. back over here. I mean, it, he does it, mic changes. That's it. Yeah, yeah. it's it's not striking on stage. Toes. It's not you know. It's, it's like
2: I got uh, one, one hits. You know, number one hits. I don't have to do anything.
3: Pretty much I'm done. Not not that he ever really did in terms of on stage.
1: Yeah, two very large differences between a great being a great musician and a great performer. For you could sure. be one or the other, but. Great performers have a special place in my heart. What you was it. your what was your first concert? Ooh, that's a great question. I think uh it was actually a festival at like Fly Over K C when they came out. Post Malone was the headliner. Whoa. Great show. It was right after Beerbox and Bentleys came out. I'm a huge Post Malone fan, so that was cool. But there's a lot of rap at that show. I don't know if I've been to a ton of like solo concerts. I went to Travis Scott when he was in Kansas City. I'm a, I definitely am a rap fan.
0: If you had face tattoos and you slept less, (laughs) I think you would maybe look a little like Post Malone. (laughs) I don't know if I could survive if I slept any less than I do. Truthfully. All right. uh, Hey, I don't know if you guys heard, but there's a basketball game in town tonight. Oh, Ol Roberts. Is in town to take on Drum Tang's Kansas State Wildcats. Oh, really? I
3: have mixed the chemicals.
2: Huh. Wait,
3: I man. have tapped on the calculator. Um, this sounds rather breaking badish.
2: I was gonna say, you're not a you have a clear. I'm here? not trained. No, I was gonna say, dude. <laughs> you gotta have some certifications for some of this. I stuff. won't
0: lie. One of the chemicals started to smoke a little. Oh boy. <laughs> Ugh. Looks but up. I have come out with a result, and it's time to get to that result. It's time for Mitch Palm.
2: Here's Mitch Palm with tonight's prediction. And it says
0: seven o'clock. It's from Bramlish Coliseum. The cats are four and two. Or Roberts two and three. This will be the seventh meeting all-time. Cats lead the series four to two. Very uh, interesting connection between these two teams because of the coaching staffs. Rodney Perry, who's an assistant on K-State staff, spent three years as an assistant at Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts' assistant, Sam Patterson, spent 13 years working alongside Jerome Tang at Baylor. Whoa. And we're not done there. Oral Roberts' current assistant, Bill Lewitt, coached K-State assistant, Dream Dowling at Cecil College. And it was Lewitt that gave Dowling his first opportunity at some coaching. Good, I was ra- I was wanting a reason to hate these guys, man. So In other words, these two coaching staffs probably get along really well. So Mitch Palm got nothing out of that. But I thought it was interesting to mention. All right, let's talk about Oral Roberts. Head coach Paul Mills, he's no longer there. He's now at Wichita State. Max Acemas, of course, is at Texas. Their second best scorer from last year. That was an NCAA tournament team. They lost to Duke in the first round. Connor Vanover is now at Mizzou. So key people for the last couple of years for Oral Roberts at Sweet 16 run two years ago and then the – first round of the NCAA tournament last year, are now elsewhere. Oral Roberts' assistant, Russell Springman, is now the head coach. But I will say, Oral Roberts picked to finish second in the Summit League. Who was picked to finish first? South Dakota State. Cats took care of business there. Mm. Good sign. Good sign number one for the Cats. Return a couple of uh, pretty key starters here. In guard, Isaiah McBride. He's a preseason all Summit League first-team selection 26 starts under his belt. He's played 70 games at All Roberts after he transferred from Vanderbilt. And uh, he is averaging 22 points, shooting 37% from three. And you'll notice this about All Roberts when you watch him tonight. They're going to shoot some threes. They got some guys that like to shoot the three. Um, and then Kareem Thompson is another standout to me. He's a preseason second team all-Summit League. He's averaging half points, three assists, and five Rebounds a game. Not a great three-point shooter, about 32%, but he attempts six a game.
2: Damn.
0: DeShang Weaver is another standout to me uh, when it comes to rebounding. Uh, He's a six-year guy. He has played 132 games. Very, very – when it comes to a veteran, he's very experienced.
2: 132 games?
0: Uh, And he's averaging right now 15 points, six-and-a-half rebounds a game. And then, by the way, he shoots the three. Six times a game. He's a little bit better at 38%. He's
2: going to get arthritis. He's an old man.
0: (laughs) Um, More on Oral Roberts just as a team. So they're averaging 69 points a game. They haven't scored anything less than 65 this year. On 41% shooting. Okay. That's below average. They're shooting 31.9% from three. Okay. Mm. That's below average. They allow 73 points a game. Now, the Wildcats, they're going to face a defense that can be kind of tough around the rim. Teams are only scoring 50% of the time at the rim. That is a top 50 number in the country right now. And K-State's done a great job this year in scoring in the paint. Mm -hmm. So that is a pretty key factor there as well. Now, before I get to my other keys to this game, we got to look at, because this is a non-con game, right? Correct. We got to see what Oral Roberts is all about. Who actually went to school there that we Uh. may have heard of? Let's see if they got a decent pecking order when it comes to famous alumni from Oral Roberts out of Tulsa, Oklahoma.
2: Marilyn Manson?
0: The opposite Ah. of Marilyn Manson.
2: Oh wait a minute!
0: The only the only comparison you can make there
3: is Rich. Oh okay. See, oh. I was going to say Pat Boone. Well, <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> actually, there's
0: actually there's probably probably more comparisons I can make here, um, because you have Rich, you have Showman, you have Charisma. Yeah. You have um, very opinionated on religion.
2: Mm. Because oh,
0: your first famous alumni is Kenneth Copeland. Uh-huh. I mean, the school is founded yeah, by a televangelist. Sure. There's going to be, basically, Jet their fine. main school Oof. there is how to become a televangelist. Yeah, yeah. Kenneth Copeland, has a the long list of those I could find, is the one that really stuck out to me the most, that I actually graduated from, Oral Roberts, but also he's been wrapped up in a lot of controversy mm. around planes.
2: Uh-huh. Um... When he, man, his face, when he goes, don't you say that, oh man, he got it. Yeah, he
0: got after it with this reporter who's trying to get the scoop on all these planes that were <laughs> supposed to go to Haiti to save people, and they never went to Haiti. No. He has spent a lot of uh, church funds on buying planes. Yep. And of course, tax exempt because it's a or, uh, religious organization. And by the way, I mean, he's been on TV getting money out of people for years. He's very charismatic, very charismatic. Yeah. But the thing is, like, why he also stands out to me is I think it's just his personality, but he uses his personality and his charisma on TV to get money out of people. Yeah. He comes across very crazy.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like
0: you- he could be unhinged at the snap of your finger. Yeah.
2: When are you talking about blowing COVID away, that was weird. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I've met I him. I about that, yeah. I met him. Are you? I I swear. No, you. My grandma sent me to a church camp when I was little called Dry Gulch down in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and it was run by Kenneth Copeland. Are you serious? I swear. And it was like this, like country kind of like theme. And he rode in on a horse, and it like it like he like (laughs) you know, and he goes, "Hey kids!" He jumped off and he talked to us, and everybody's like, "Wow." And then uh, I saw the Inside Edition thing, like, 20 years later, and I was like, this guy's nuts. And the, by the
0: end of your sp- is his speech, you're
3: giving him $20? <laughs> I mean, yeah, hey, let's jet out. fuel ain't cheap. The reason he came in with the horse
1: was because he didn't own a plane
3: yet.
2: <laughs> he was working his way up. Uh-huh, I exactly. mean, that was the 90s, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Are you talking about being a showman? I think that fits the description yeah. pretty you know, well. This uh, well.
2: guy's a uh, high ho silver, man. It was amazing. You know what's weird? He bought that plane also from Tyler Perry.
3: Yes.
0: We well, have a starter them, yes. named Tyler Perry. Oh, my God. Cats all the way there.
2: Yeah, Mitch Bob. Man. Yep. Mitch Palm says 73 to 20. The thing
0: is, though, that uh, doesn't he have, like, six planes? Oh. He yeah. just happened to buy one of them from Tyler Perry. Yeah,
2: I mean, you know, he's rolling in the dough, man. Yep. He's That's gotta...
0: T-Y-L-E-R movie maker uh-huh. Tyler Perry. Right. right. Yes. Medina goes to Orr Roberts mm-hmm. to sell a plane. Yeah.
3: Medea. Madea. Madea. Uh, Madea. What
0: did I say? Madea. Medina. Oh.
3: Funky call. Madea, call oh, anyway.
0: Honestly, I've seen just like one or two of those movies,
3: and I hated them. <laughs> oh, man. I just couldn't get... I, the, the comedy didn't work for me. You're not exactly the person that it's meant for. <laughs> <laughs> Medea's
2: big day out. You didn't like that? Come on.
0: Well, buckle up because next famous alumni, more white people. Tyler
3: Perry. Oh, Kathy Lee Gifford. No. Heaven help us. No way, dude. Uh, that's not all. Television host,
0: singer, songwriter. She was an actress. She was, of course, on uh, Regis and Kathy Lee for like twenty years, 15, 20 years with Regis. Do yourself. Then she, went, then she did the Today Show.
2: Do yourself a favor. YouTube SNL Kristen Wiig does Kathy oh. Lee Gifford. Oh, wow, man, she knocks it out of the park. It's hilarious.
0: Speaking of knocking it out of the park, this is the only one I could find that knocks it out of the park when it comes to All Roberts Famous Alumni. Really, this is this is ORU's. This is their biggest advantage tonight. Brian Graydon. Brian Graydon, I don't know. He's a TV producer. When he worked at Fox. He looked after, and we wouldn't have had these shows without him. Cops in America's Most Wanted. <sighs> oh, boy. We're not done there, though. Because in 95, he went to work for... Um, I, I shouldn't say went to work for, let me explain it this way. He hired these two guys to make a cartoon. Those two guys were Trey Parker and Matt Stone. No way. Uh-huh. No way. And he needed a, a, a video Christmas card... And so there was a video made Jesus versus Santa. Ah. And he looked to sell this to Fox. Fox didn't want it. So what did he sell it to? Comedy, Comedy Central. Central. And that was later turned into South Park.
2: Unbelievable.
0: But we're not done there. Because this guy then went to work for as president of entertainment at MTV. And he greenlit the shows TRL, The Osbournes, Jackass, Jersey Shore, Teen Moms,
3: and VH1s, I Love the 80s. No way. I doubt that Oral Roberts is very happy with him as an (laughs) alumni. (laughs) When I read
0: his resume, it blew me away.
3: This is one of the best
0: famous alumni of any school I think I've ever found.
2: I was just going to say that. This has got to be number one. That's wow, tremendous. dude!
0: But outside of that, Oral Roberts, not too great. Yeah, nah, not too great. No. They're two and three. No. Although they they hung around with Texas A&M for a while. Texas A&M couldn't. I mean, A&M won that game by eight points. A&M could not find the bottom of the bucket when it came to three point shots. And Oral Roberts that night just happened to be really hot that day. Mm-hmm. That's what kept him in it, and that's what that's only thing that kept him in it. I want to see some things from KC tonight. I want to see once again consistent scoring. I think we need, you know. If K State did just have a little bit more consistency in games like this, they're scoring 110 points (laughs) and not 100 points. They do find ways to score, and that's what's impressive about K State. But Cats have shot very well from three at home so far this year 42% from three. However, I want to see some better shooting from two guys in particular. And it's going to sound kind of funny, but Tyler Perry and Cam Carter, Mm -hmm. who are going to be looked upon as being like the two of the main points getters for k-state this year the thing is tyler perry over the last three games just five of 23 from three cam carter is one of uh, three of 18 from three in the last three games it's too low percentages that won't stick around forever they're going to get better i want to see that start tonight start to find more i, I want a faster start out of tyler perry i really yeah. do he's been he's been quiet too many times in first halves mm-hmm. i need i need to see double digit tyler perry in the first half. That would be a really great spark. Yes. Another thing is turnovers. K-State turns it over a little bit too much. 15 a game, that's not Mm -hmm. a good number. Oral Roberts does not turn it over. They only average eight turnovers a game, sixth in the nation so far. So, and the most they've only had is 11. And I want to see K-State play some better defense. And I think a sign you'll see if they do play better defense in a game like this is force a few more turnovers and make – Old Roberts a little uncomfortable. That would be great to see. Plus, I just want to see K-State not be sloppy and be consistent. Mm. You know, t- sloppy turnovers, you don't want to see that happen. All right, so prediction time. Ken Palm says Cats win it 92%. Final score, 84-68. I'm going to open up that score a little bit. I do think Old Roberts does get over 60. But I'm going to say Cats get it done tonight, 91-61. to Cats prevail to get their fifth win of the year. All right, that's going to wrap up Mitch Palm. We still have K-State volleyball coach Jason Mansfield. He's going to call in at 540. We'll continue the show next. It is the game on K-Man. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G. Owen Burke is on our board today. Fund number 537-1350. And coming up here in a few moments, we'll be speaking with K-State volleyball coach Jason Mansfield. I'd love to get his reaction uh, to the Cats not making it into the NCAA tournament. Was he surprised about the NCAA uh, selection committee not bringing in the Cats after quite the run lately at home uh, to wrap up the regular season winning 18 straight sets especially with sweeping Texas, sweeping BYU twice, but what kept the Cats out of the field uh, for the 2023 NCAA tournament? We learned about that on Sunday. I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, it's been kind of fun to follow along because, of course, coaching carousel is heating up greatly. Sure. Um, And also with the quarterbacks and the transfer portal. Um, You know, out of the Big 12, of course, Will Howard is in the portal out of K-State. Yeah, Blake Shapen out of uh, Baylor, he's looking for a new home. Uh, following the footsteps of Gary Bohannon last year who looks to be transferring again. Really? For the fourth time. I believe Jeez. it's the fourth time he'll be transferring. Jeez. Jeez. Um and then Blake Shapen, uh, good for him to get out of Waco. I, I I think that was the right idea to get out of there and try to find a good home for um, I think it's his last year of eligibility. I'm not quite sure. Um, and then and then uh, you know, Tyler Shuck at Texas Tech. The kid who wants to pick him up? I mean, he, I know he's talented, but man, is he injury prone? He's never been healthy. Yeah. So, and, and the thing at Texas tech, what do you do? You know, it was Joey McGuire. Does he have to go out there and get a ringer Is Baron Morton Ray to take the reins and be the number one guy heading into 2024. If you ask me, I say, no, I do not think so. His efficiency had to be one of the worst in the big 12. And it wasn't like he was bad every game, but he was so inconsistent um, that I, you know, and I'm not saying, my thought here is, is like, all right, remember in 22, Will Howard wasn't quite ready to be the guy. First of all, at that point in time, Will Howard is ahead of Baron Morton, but he wasn't quite ready to bring the guy. So you bring in the ringer and Adrian Martinez, that really helped uh, Will grow up and be a more con, uh, competitive and consistent quarterback. I think that's what Baron Morton needs. For sure. At Texas Tech.
2: For sure. They bring in Will Howard.
1: Ooh. Don't even put that in the
0: air. Hey, hey. Why would you say that? I don't want K State playing against Will Howard. No, I don't want those storylines. No. I don't want that to be a week's long conversation. We'll
2: talking about dude for a month. Oh, the guy from Texas Tech would call up and go, "Yeah, look, pretty good." The Will Will Hart. I've actually found um,
0: the Hu- so Dana Holgerson fired at at Houston. He's out. This which co- was,
3: which was a surprise to him.
0: Well, it, it, I mean what was it last year? He was on the hot seat and he was like addressing those rumors or whatever. He's like
3: all year. Yeah. He
0: brought, I don't know if this wasn't like to the media or anything, but he brought up the buyout. He's like, there's no way I'm, I'm on the hot seat. I'm going to be here for a while, whatever. And now he's eating those words. Yeah. I, I will say though, I, I know that the list is starting to dwindle down, but it wasn't too long ago. This was a very fascinating list to see who could become the new head coach for the Houston Cougars. Let me just run down some names for you here. So, and this is – I'll just lead off with my favorite right away because I love what he did with UTSA, turned him around quickly, made him a winner for three seasons, and that's Jeff Traylor. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great offensive spark for uh, when it comes to uh, coaching. UTSA could use that. It's not the sexiest hire when it comes to what would make the most noise, but you're going to get a good coach. For sure. A guy that's Texas born and bred through and through.
3: Knows how to recruit there. That's exactly, I think, what they need. Uh, I I really have not understood why he has not gotten more looks in the past with what know. he has done with what essentially was a a developmental uh, level moving up to Division One or to FBS caliber program. He and he turned it into. One that's been challenging for a conference title and playing very well and exciting people in San Antonio.
2: They play
0: good. Let me let me give you some names here. Willie Fritz has been brought up at Tulane, but I don't. I definitely don't see that happening. Right. It gets interesting starting here. Tom Herman, who's out at Florida Atlantic, used to coach at Houston. He once he, was. He beat Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh and then he decided to go to Texas and that didn't work out. Ew. So then he uh, backpedals and finds a job at Florida Atlantic. Gary Patterson. <laughs> Whoa. Wait, what? Who what was he what was his role at Texas there for a minute? Special advisor. Yeah.
2: Whatever. I mean he
0: was forced out a couple of years ago at TCU. Um, which honestly, like, I don't think that'd be the worst high in the world.
2: No, I don't either. I, he's but getting up there, right? He's. You know.
0: I I did laugh a little bit on this last one, and apparently, this is now a favorite for the job, outside of Jeff Trailer, Cliff Kingsbury. Oh no. Okay, is that so
2: Cliff Kingsbury's music. L-
0: let me let me let me let me just say this: sexy hire in more ways than one, right? Sure. Uh, because not, not necessarily because of um, his win loss record, both at Tech and both with the Arizona Cardinals, was not a winning coach. Besides for like one season at each place, I,
3: I actually saw someone joking earlier about Cliff Kingsbury and Cougars, and it was just you know, oh, not bad, not bad, that's good, that's yeah. good. Uh, Well,
0: listen, sexy hire. I can't take credit for
3: it. That was was just someone else, man.
0: Good-looking guy. Houston probably looked the worst in all of the Big 12 football
3: with putting butts in seats. Mm -hmm. Houston, stop bringing in retread Big 12 uh, coaches and hire a Big 12 caliber one. Well... Dana Cl- from West Virginia. I mean, really, Cliff Kingsbury. I that
0: was weird. Cliff Kingsbury does have a very solid track record with developing quarterbacks. He does. He, and- he does. I, he's worked with Baker Mayfield. He worked when he was at AM, He was with Johnny Manziel. Um, of course, Patrick Mahomes. Um, I'm sure I'm blanking on others. Oh, of course, Kyler Murray. But you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I know there's more I should be bringing up here. Case Keenum. Once upon a time, worked with Case Keenum. Uh, he has a solid track record with quarterbacks. Q's. And you got to have a pretty good quarterback if you want to win at the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, it, it, I was surprised to see Cliff Kingsbury as a leader. I I would still go with Jeff Traylor. But I was just thinking, like, you know, whoever they hire, whatever. You know, I have no ties to Houston. They do whatever they want. I'm not going to – I mean, I guess I can criticize, but at the end of the day, I don't care Yeah. who they hire. I can get my two cents, but I don't care. Mm. It would be funny if they hired Cliff Kingsbury.
2: Um, that I would be I something. Doing. You said that's a favorite now? With Jeff Trailer. it's Cliff Kingsbury? That's what I saw with some media people on X. What is he doing, though? What is Cliff Kingsbury doing right now?
3: Uh, last we knew, he was in Thailand.
0: Well, no, he's, I believe he's with USC.
3: Oh, Oh, that's right. That's right. He was doing work with them. Yeah,
0: he's like a special assistant. Well, he's like an an, he's an analyst or something. Um, Yeah,
3: offensive analyst or something.
0: Yeah,
3: I forgot about that. So he's worked with Caleb Williams. That's who I
0: was forgetting. Caleb Williams.
3: Because initially the plan was that he was just going to go overseas and hang in Thailand for a while,
0: shoot a reality show or something, which
3: which had prompted all kinds of jokes.
0: All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, before I get out of here, we got a very special treat as we speak with. K State volleyball coach Jason Mansfield after this timeout on the game. All right, we are back on the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G., and Owen Burke. Uh, a little bit of K State breaking news here out of football. Another player into the transfer porter. Uh, defensive back Will Lee. Will be entering the transfer portal. He becomes, I believe that's now number five. I think he's the first of the day. I don't think I've seen anybody
3: else. Yeah, I've not caught anybody else today.
0: So, again, a little bit of surprise on that one, but Will Lee, corner for the Cats, has decided to enter the transfer portal. Last play of his in his K State career, oh. I believe, was the oh. uh, the botched tackle, basically a push off of
2: uh, Abu Sama, running back for Iowa State. Pitiful. And I, I'm just, I'm so happy because we don't have to deal with the Will Lee jokes anymore you know with his name and stuff i'm, I'm done we're i'm glad we're done with that it's uh, officially with that said season folks
0: all right well now we transition to k-state volleyball who wrapped up their season back on saturday uh down in houston against the cougars falling unfortunately in four sets and they end their uh, season in a record of 16 and 11 we're now joined by first year head coach for the cats and jason mansfield coach Uh, greatly appreciate your time. Well, just take us through the emotions of that first year as a head coach. Was it everything you expected it to be?
4: (laughs) Well, thanks for having me. Uh, no, no, it it was, uh, it was, it was way, way different than, than what I expected in, in lots of ways. Uh, uh, better in, in so many ways. Um, I don't think that, uh, going in, uh, we knew what the environment of the new arena was going to be like. And so that was, that was really special from the very first match against Nebraska Omaha, you know, all the way through the season. Um, I knew going into the season with the, the players that, that all stayed, that we had a chance to be really good and the girls worked really hard in the spring. Uh, we got a couple of good transfers and some freshmen. And, um, and I think when we started practice in August, I was, even more hopeful that, you know, that we could be a really good team um, as the season went on. So, uh, yeah, a lot of highs of, of beating five, you know, top 25 teams and um, and certainly some lows. But I think those lows definitely uh, we learned from them and, and adjusted um, some lineups and and definitely grew from them a lot. So, yeah, a lot of up and downs, but a lot of memories that I'll never forget.
0: Well, it was just such an incredible run to see what your team did in those last games at home against just top-tier opponents. You sweep BYU twice, beat Texas, beat them in three sets, which was just an incredible victory. Loved watching that. Won 18 straight sets to end the regular season at home. I thought a lot of folks expected that K-State, with that kind of resume, would be able to make it to the NCAA tournament, but your team was one of the first teams left out. What was your reaction to k being left out of the field did it surprise you did you see it coming what was your reaction
4: yeah complete shock I mean we when we when we ended the match against Houston there was no thought at all that our season was done and uh we thought we had done the work you know we knew our RPI was was close uh to where we were going to be in a conversation with the at-large births and we just thought with our resume and the the six quality wins that we've had against against top 40 teams, really uh, that it was going to be good enough to get us in. And, and really the disappointing part is our strength of schedule, which, you know, we, we scheduled and you hope the teams do well, but you're, that's out of your control. And, and then the RPI, which is a lot of that as well, um, was just not in our favor. And um, so it's disappointing that we felt like we did the work on the court and we got better as the season went on, which is which is the goal, I think, for any team. Um, and then to be left out, and, and to have some teams that that made the tournament, um, that had a higher RPI, not really have the resume that we did, and, and beat the, the quality of teams that we did, uh, is extremely disappointing. And it's really hard to justify that, and, and to tell the girls that, you know, uh, the reason we're not in the NCAA tournament is because of the RPI. You know, that's that's a tough part. That. To, that
0: part's 12 then. Yeah, that's very interesting because baseball this past spring went through that exact same thing of where they felt that they had the resume to make it to the NCAA tournament, but RPI came into play. wasn't necessarily the teams they beat. It was teams that they just played that didn't turn right. out to be good opponents. And the way Pete Hughes addressed that is had to make some changes in scheduling to maybe play some tougher teams. So is that now a goal for the future to maybe try to switch some things up in scheduling and find some harder teams to play?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, I think we scheduled fine. I think the problem is that some of the teams that, that, uh, that we played in the preseason, they didn't really figure things out until later. And, and, LIU and Nebraska Omaha are, are two examples of that where they struggled early, they struggled at the beginning of conference, and then they both ended up winning their conference tournament and making the NCAA tournament. So we knew they were good teams, and they just it took them a while to figure some things out. And um, but yeah, I think I think we want to we want to schedule you know the, the the best teams that we can that make the most sense. We certainly want to play at home in the new arena. So um, but no, I think that's priority number one is, is to try to have a strong schedule we know the big 12 is going to be good again next year and and our rpi will be fine with teams in our conference but yeah i guess that's the lesson and then the other lesson is we need to be better on the court we probably needed to win you know one or two more matches to to give our stuff a better chance to have our rpi be higher as well so i think both those things are are the goal and, and and what we can learn from it
0: well a big reason why i wanted to have you on today as well coach is that you had four players land all Big 12 honors uh, earlier today Aaliyah Carter for the third time a unanimous first team selection Sydney Bolding and Mackenzie Morris second team selections and I'd love to hear you just give your thoughts on their seasons but specifically Anaya Car- uh, Clinton who was on the all Big 12 rookie team and just the seasons that they had this year
4: Yeah no, I appreciate you 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 bringing them up yeah just special seasons for a lot of players you know on our team but specifically those four. I think starting with Aaliyah, you know, she, she really was uh, our leader, the catalyst of, of, uh, of really just being the, the go-to player that, that I felt like she could be when I took this job and, and to see her you know, really grow and blossom into that as the season went on um, and, and really just get better and better as the season went on was, was really special. She, she certainly carried us in, in certain matches and, and took a huge load uh, both her and I both did, but just taking a lot of swings. Uh, teams knew that she was going to get set, and it, and a lot of times it didn't matter. And um, you know, I think having 20 kills and three sets against Texas, I think that alone speaks to the level of play that that she's capable of doing. But but really, really proud of her growth and uh, her belief in herself really grew as the season went on, and that was really special to see. And um, yeah, she was a dominant player for us. Um, Sydney Bolding, uh, you know, she she's been she's been a starter here for a couple of years. When I got the job, I really knew that that her, you know her defense, her blocking was special. But she really grew this this year offensively and and became a real force uh, on that side of the ball and um, and really was more aggressive and 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 really I think improved the most on that side and really good server for us. Um, you know, so I just I love the way that she finished her career. A lot of a lot of leadership qualities in her as well. Um, and Mac Morris was probably our most consistent player. I mean, she was just unbelievable defender the whole year. Great in service, receive great server. Um, she unfortunately didn't get libero of the year, which I think a, a lot of people, um, you know, probably voted for her, but uh, she missed it, missed out with the libero from Houston, but. Yeah, there's no other person that, that I think we would want, um, in that position in the country other than her. She's just, again, consistent in practice, fearless on defense, um, incredibly athletic, you know, skilled. So, um, she had an unbelievable season and, and probably didn't get the, the credit that, that she deserves. She should have been first team as well. And like I said, the Libero of the year in, in the Big 12. Um, and then Anaya, I mean, I, I couldn't be more proud of, of someone. She's somebody that redshirted last year, first year, you know, out there on the court playing college volleyball and and just dominant, you know, from, from, from day one. And I think that her athleticism, her strength uh, just came out, you know, pretty much every every single match. She moved around positions and played some different positions for us early. And, and then once we put her out there on the outside uh, with Aaliyah, the two of them just just really carried us offensively, and um, she had unbelievable matches against BYU both nights, um, and and really was a huge reason that that we swept them uh, two nights in a row. So, yeah, Nia's future is really bright. She w- w- was one of the best you know outside hitters in the Big Twelve as a redshirt freshman, and she has a chance to be one of the best outside hitters in the country. You know, when it's all said and done. So, yeah, really proud of all four of them. There's other players on the team that that had really good seasons and a lot of growth, um, but yeah, really proud of those
0: four. Okay, so volleyball coach Jason Mansfield is our guest. So I believe Aliyah Carter and Mackenzie Morris they do have the opportunity to have that you know that extra year, a super senior year. When do those conversations start? Uh,
4: they started. They started in the spring. You know, okay. I think that they both, um, like a lot of players, you know, they. You know, you just you want them to feel valued. You want them to have a good experience. And so the focus for them and the focus for us was hey, let's get better in the spring and, and figure out you know, the, the shared vision of how we want to play. And then the same thing in the fall. Um, but they both verbalized that, that there was a chance they wouldn't come back for a fifth year and that they may want something new. Um, we're actually having individual meetings with everyone this week and, and talking with them about that. Um, later in the week here, but yeah, you know, we'll support them in whatever whatever they decide. I I, I think they know, and, and, and I'm sure they do, and they will will know when we talk that. I mean, we want them back, and um, their teammates want them back, and and we want to you know get it, go on another run uh, for sure. But we also want people that want to be at K State, you know, and, and want to be a part of the program, and 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 so um, yeah, if they do test the waters or they do want to see what else is out there i th- I think they they know that they're valued here and and you know we we appreciate them and and uh and they've done a lot for the program but um yeah I think we've had good talks leading up to this point and all you can do is is uh coach them up every day and and hopefully they feel you know they feel like they had a great experience here and they want to come back
0: well coach to wrap up uh, I want to jump back to what you were saying earlier about. Uh, Morgan Family Arena, brand new arena, incredible environment all season long, not just with the crowd, but the fan experience, the work that K-State does to make it a fun environment as well uh, when, the, when play is not happening, uh, just incredible work by K-State. But tell me about how unique that environment is. Are you seeing that happen more and more throughout college volleyball, or is K-State kind of ahead of the game right now when it comes to that kind of environment?
4: Yeah, I think I think you know it is very unique, and um, especially because it's brand new, because it's volleyball only. Um, you know, we have we have our weight room, we have our film room, we have our locker room, team room, you know, all in one place. And and so I think the environment in matches uh, you don't know until you start playing, and from that first match against Nebraska Omaha, and then the second match against Nebraska. You just felt like this is special. And people came because it was new and they wanted to see, but people continue to come because of the environment and because the players uh, were fun to watch. And it just it feels like a, a mini Bramwich. You know, the, the student section is unbelievable. And um, for a while there, it, it was just, just kind of noise. It, it wasn't a home court advantage. And when we played Iowa State, uh, about halfway through conference and and swept them in three. It was the first time where the crowd got behind us. We were playing well and the opponent had no answer at all. Um, and you felt that when BYU came. You felt that when Texas came and and we just fed off that. And it, it was it, it's the best college volleyball experience that I've been a part of. And it didn't just happen once. It happened pretty much every single night that we played and. Um, yeah for recruits and for people to want to come watch volleyball uh what an unbelievable environment you know that that they've created and and uh and the girls obviously you got to play well in order to to have it be exciting and and they did that and uh again so many special memories from this season but but basically all of them are centered around the environment you know that that we had in the matches here
0: Well, it was an incredible run for your first year at K-State, 16-11, and but knocking off a number of top 25 teams, teams that felt unbeatable in like Texas, in like BYU, and your team was able to sweep them in straight sets multiple times at home, and it got K-State fan base buzzing, and that was a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to that buzz continuing next year, Coach, for year number two. So, Coach Mansfield, uh, with that, we can wrap it up. I greatly appreciate your time and looking forward to talking to you down the road.
4: Uh, I would love it. Thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. Have a good
0: one. You too. That is K-State Volleyball coach Jason Mansfield. Sorry about that.
3: Boy, everything that he said about atmosphere uh, is, is dead on because uh, it was a lot of fun to be at Morgan this year as everybody learned what that facility could be like. And uh, fans that hadn't been big volleyball fans I think learned a lot this year as well about where they could be in terms of influencing the sport
0: it just stinks that once again oh yeah K-State gets burned by RPI and you know playing teams that just happen to not turn out well yeah and it hurts K-State at the end of the day you know
2: it's messed up messed up. Got
0: baseball in the spring and now volleyball in the fall, but they'll be back. So a we'll baseball this year? This could be a really good K-State baseball team heading into uh, the spring of 2024. Guys, we got to wrap it up. I'm off to Bramwich for Owen, Deej, Troy. I'm Mitch. Go Cats.